As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times that can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Just ask. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, I am doing so well. I am so even-tempered. I promise I am not dreaming of killing you or any of my friends and i i don't even have like commitment issues as in like oh no like maybe i'm not ready to podcast with you anymore uh, i'm feeling um, pretty good much better than Corey. i gotta say this might be the most appropriately titled episode of boy meets world that exists because this episode season six episode 21 is titled the psychotic episode and I got to say, spot on. Right. I don't know what I watched. I don't understand what happened. No. Episodes or season six has just decided to go full off the walls. Let's not make any sense anymore. What was this episode? And not to mention, this is the penultimate episode of season six. I know. Is anything <laughs> even happening in this season? <laughs> No, no, I couldn't tell you half of what happened besides Corey and Topanga decided they were engaged. It went by so fast, but I feel like absolutely nothing happened this nothing season. Nothing has happened. We've had a little bit of back and forth between Sean and Angela. Um, we've had the beginning of college, of course. 
what ha- what happened? What happened? Nothing. I don't. I I honestly, I really don't know. And it's it is the fact. It is influenced by the fact that season five is so good, and season four is like pretty good too. And I think that. There's like elements of season six, but mostly not. Mostly it's not that good. Yeah. There's the Joshua drama. I think it's tough because season five is such a good season. Yeah. And then you get to season six. And yes, we get the the original excitement of like, oh, we're in college now. Like we get, you know, there's Rachel, right? Like there's initial excitement for it. But by episode 21, I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why is Corey having dreams about shoving his best friend down an elevator shaft? What is going on here? I don't know. Last episode was really good, though. So we can't say that this is like a total waste True. of a season. Because no, we no, no, did no, no. I like would never say that. Season. Yeah, I would never say that. I would mostly just say that Corey is just quickly just becoming the worst. He's yeah. he's becoming pretty bad. Right. Um but I will I will say um I think for me the Eric stuff worked as ridiculous as it was. The Eric stuff did kind of work for me this episode. It was pretty funny the the creepy mm. roomie and the fact that he has nowhere yeah. else to go and it, he almost settled and was like, "You know what? I could make this work." And then it was just like, "Nope. Can't do yep, it. I'm out. Too much, too far." Uh, very much reminds me of like the friends thing where like Chandler gets a roommate who thinks that a like goldfish cracker is a real goldfish like gives me those vibes um, with with his roommate. But yeah, this episode was so strange. And I know people are probably thinking like, why have this one on its own? Well, the problem is it's it's sandwiched between the truth about honesty, which really did need its own episode, an own podcast and the finale, which also needs its own podcast. Right. So then we're stuck with like this one, which I feel like maybe would work better when paired with something else, not as off the walls bonkers. Yeah. Um. But, you know, here we are talking about the psychotic episode. Have you, I don't know, have you ever had any like of these types of dreams that Corey's talking about? Um. Okay. No, I haven't had any dreams where I killed um, any of my friends, but... I did have this really crazy dream where, oh, this is so bad. <laughs> I had this really crazy dream. Okay. My dogs are like my everything. I love them. Mm-hmm. They're my babies. I had an I had a dream where I like sawed off Oliver's paws. Oh my god. I know. Why was there something wrong with them? No. No. You just I just did it. And I was so disgusted with myself, even though, of course, I never saw Oliver's paws. But I was so disgusted with myself for like weeks on end and just was like feeling so ick about it. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like these types of dreams, like any dreams, like sometimes they really stick with you. I know that you suffer from nightmares. Um, I do. Yeah. But I've, I've never had anything like this where I am the antagonist. Like, yeah. if, if I'm the antagonist in my dreams, it's usually someone is angry with me for something I've done. Mm-hmm. It's not um, me attempting to, to hurt anybody. Um, although I, I can totally understand where Corey's coming from in, in being afraid to fall asleep, being, you know, not wanting to go to bed as a result. Like, I, if you're haunted by these types of dreams, you, of course you're not going to want to go to bed. I don't know that I've ever 
I think it's really tough to like the, for the solution to be just stay asleep and see what happens because I I don't know how about Corey but like I personally cannot really control whether or not I'm going to like wake up from a dream um so it, it was just like a very strange episode front to back um but yeah it's I don't know I don't know about this one as we're nearing as we're nearing the end yeah as we're nearing the end of uh season six how are you feeling about the prospects going into season seven our last season of the show I'm excited I'm excited to see what a last season has to offer to us I don't remember much of season seven I think that probably when I watch it a lot of things are going to come back to me but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited I'm excited to you know move on to the last season and you know move on to bigger and better eventually down the line I mean I've been mm-hmm. loving podcasting about Boy Meets World I you know it, it's it's crazy because you know you think that Oh, like I really loved Corey when I was a kid and I really believed in the love between Corey and Topanga and all this stuff. And, you know, watching with uh, adult eyes, it's it's very different. Uh, yeah, I might have to take out from my bio like Sarah has like a crush on Corey after all these years. <laughs> I do not have a crush, a crush on Corey Matthews. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, how are you feeling? Um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to get to the to finish up season six and get to the final season, mostly because um, I'm very curious to see if I remember a lot of it. Like you said, I feel like in the age of like ABC Family and all the reruns that I saw after school, they didn't really do a ton of the season six and seven. I feel like it was more of like five and before yeah. that I saw most of the time. So I'm really curious to see my thoughts on season seven when we get there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited. I'm really sad that like a, an era is coming to an end. Cause like it's by the end of the year, we'll be done with our first series that we started like two years ago. Um, so it's an end of an era, but not quite yet. Uh, first we must dive into everything that is the psychotic episode. Um, and they start us off really trying to hoodwink us mm-hmm. because, um it's like oh eric's moving back in and he like comes out of the elevator and he's like kissing everyone and he makes out with rachel and we're all like the thruple that we you know we proposed is coming true yeah it felt like a dream sequence to me everybody was too happy everyone was so happy they were so happy back in smiles everywhere um, and it was Sean. Uh, oh no, sorry. It was it was like Corey and Sean. All all it took was me and you to settle their differences. Best friends forever. And then Corey gets this like demonic look on his face. Yes. Yeah. And he he starts like looking at Sean. Like at first, like who are you? In in a sort yes. of a way. And then he just pushes Sean to the point where uh, Sean is hanging into the elevator shaft. Um, mm-hmm. on like a rope essentially, and then we get this close up of Corey and oh, zoom in, and he's like dead in the eyes. 
Do you ever think about, okay, because this doesn't happen a ton on television shows, but it does happen sometimes where there's like a character who's hanging on a rope like Sean is here. And I'm always like, it always brings me back to those days in school, in gym class, where you had to climb that rope. Right. And there was one with knots and one without knots. And I was like, there's 0% chance I can climb either of these. So I don't know why you're torturing me. With I have no upper body strength. Right, yeah. Um, I, I think that's why it's so easy for Sean to potentially die on the rope. I never, I don't know if I ever had to climb the rope. I, oh, I remember lucky. the rope, but I don't know if I actually attempted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not, it was never going to happen. Um. So yeah, so he pushes him down the elevator shaft and he wakes up and Sean is like, oh, was it were you having the puppet nightmare? And now I really want to know what the puppet nightmare is, because I don't think we've ever heard. of. Yeah. This why can we get the puppet nightmare? I mean, it probably would have been really, really creepy, probably creepier than, than Corey pushing Sean down the elevator. Shaft. What do you think is creepier? Puppets or like porcelain dolls? Oh, good question. Um, probably porcelain dolls specifically because I feel like it looks like they're looking at you no matter where you are. In Very the room. true. Um, but like, I don't know. What kind of puppets are we talking? Are we talking just like hand puppets? Hmm. Pinocchio. Or like the marionettes because marionettes are probably creepier. Yeah. Marionettes are very creepy. Not finger yeah. puppets. Like they're fine. They're fine. You remember like. Yeah, you could see do, the fingers. Yeah. So. Do you remember Punch and Judy? No, what is Punching Judy? So these were like OG puppets. I think they were in uh, France. And they just like punched each other. They like decked each other all the time. They were supposed to be like a husband and wife thing. And it was supposed to be like a kid's like puppet show. But it was very like violent and pretty crazy. Oh, no, I don't remember that at all. Oh, no. Maybe it's British. I don't know. Maybe. Um... So, yeah, so Corey lies and he says, oh, it was the puppet nightmare. He was chasing me on foot. He had a gun. Like, how does a puppet run? I guess if it's a marionette, it can. Well, I think um, that the the thing is, is that the puppet comes to life. And that's oh, very scary. That, OK, that might be scarier than um, than. But if the porcelain doll comes to life, that's creepy. No, too. then that's scarier. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so Sean has to go back to sleep because he has a Feeney speech tomorrow or a speech for Feeney's class. And so, uh, they go back to bed. They say, oh, you're my best friend. Um, and then we get Sean's presentation, which it's like, how are you getting away with this in college, Sarah? This is ridiculous. Well, I mean, that's the point. He isn't. This is another dream. But apparently it it does not shock Corey for um, for Sean to be. What is this like a magic trick with the pitcher of milk? Yeah, this is a, definitely that's what it is. It's I don't know. I think it's one of those things where the pitcher is a fake picture oh you know the like you know the magic trick i think that's what it is because wow. they do it with or maybe that's the one that you do with like a newspaper i gotta tell you, you pour the milk it's in the a newspaper. it's a big waste of a hat and it's a big waste of a milk um yeah 100 and if that's real milk it's gonna get real oh it is real milk because he's pouring it right in the hat that's gonna get real stanky in there yeah. Um, when it goes bad. Um, yeah. But apparently he was supposed to do a speech on Lou Pasteur. Past, oh, my God. Which name, is kind of funny because pasteurized milk. So I <gasps> I see where we were going oh, with it. 
I did not connect those dots. I gotta I say. saw did we were going with it. You know who hates magic? Corey. Because he was like, this magic trick stings. I have this rope and I'm going to mm-hmm. choke you with it. Yeah, this was wild. So he's like, does anybody have the magic rope? And of course, it's Corey who has the magic rope. And then he goes over, he puts it around Sean's neck and he starts strangling him with it. And I got to say, again, very much props to um, Ben Savage and his like face acting, because I do think he plays evil very well. Maybe this is a missed opportunity that Ben Savage never got to be in a horror film. I feel like he should. He has very good like voice acting and very good face that face. He has acting. very dark eyes. And sometimes when people have black eyes and they're black peoples, they look a little evil. Oh, my. OK, well, there you go. Or if they have too too light of eyes, it looks like they're staring right through you. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so then why Sean goes into the lounge, like the student lounge. His hair is so distracting when it's not parted in the center. What is happening? Well, um, yeah, he looks like he's trying to be he's like in World War Two and that's his his hairstyle. You know what I mean? Like it looks like overly done. But Corey moosed Sean's hair during bed. Can you believe oh, it? Is that what happened? Yeah. Corey is trying to avoid sleeping. Oh, yeah, sleeping. my hair has been moose. That's right. Okay, yeah, he hasn't slept, and so he's he's been reorganizing closets and ironing shirts. But it's so and weird to hair. moose someone's hair while Sean is sleeping. <laughs> he's, he has nothing else to do. He just wants to be up all night. Yeah, so he's been, like, pounding coffee as well, trying to avoid sleeping. Well, before we move on from this, I clearly have to ask you, how do you feel about Sean with the side part? What What are your thoughts? Obviously, I like Sean's normal hair better, but he doesn't look bad. I don't think that do- Sean could do anything that looks bad. This is kind of like Dawson hair. You know what it reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of he, like, was in, um, what was that movie, like, Pleasantville or yes. Pleasant town or something like is it from the 50s or something yes like he kind of looks like he's from the 50s exactly yeah that's why that's kind of what i was saying when he when i was saying like he looks like he just got a like world war ii like he looks yeah yeah yes because we've seen that he kind of looks like it's not shanzi it's is it shanzi shanzi yeah shanzi look like shanzi well i Um, think that he looks a little bit more modern than shanzi but yeah pretty much um not and then greased back no, no, it doesn't have as much, although he supposedly has mousse in it. It doesn't look like it has as much product Not in it. gel. Also, I used to have to, my mom used to put gel in my mm. hair, and he used to make it so freaking crunchy and gross. Apparently, you're supposed to break the shell, but nobody ever told me that when. Well, we I do that with, with the curly girl method. Yeah. That you, like, break the cast. Yeah, 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 yeah the cast. And then. Scrunch the crunch. That's what they call and it. And then. Scrunch that crunch. Does it get soft after that? Um, it's not, it's not like, okay, let me figure out how to explain this. It's not like it's, it softens it up a bit. Yeah. It just more doesn't make it look so uniform. Right. It makes it look a little bit less like intended. I'm not going to lie. My hair is very soft. Wow. My hair is not. (laughs) I have pretty coarse hair. It's not the softest, I would say, unless I straightened it, which I'm not going to. I mean, like I wasn't trying to brag or anything. You definitely were, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Corey has six coffees. I feel like you would die. Like your heart would literally explode out of your body. Yeah, the anxiety levels would be ungodly. Yeah. 
Uh, and so, yeah, he's just like, I'm not having nightmares. And he's like, no, no, I'm not mad at you. Not Shawnee, not Sean. Uh, and he compliments Sean's beautiful hair, which I do think Sean, I mean, Sean does look like he has very soft hair, especially when he does those like little like flippy things oh, with it. Oh man, he hasn't done like a flippy thing in a really long time. I, maybe it's because all the women in the audience kept going, I know. Remember, <laughs> they used to do that all the time. I remember yeah. they were wooing yeah. like eight year olds. I was like, you freaking creepos. Can you cut it out? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, then we're back to the Matthews household where Eric is snoozing on the couch. Um, and uh, and uh, Amy comes downstairs and she's just like, listen, you can't you can't be staying here. <laughs> <laughs> kick you out. He's kicking. Yeah, he got kicked out. But you have a perfectly good treehouse. Why can't Eric live in the treehouse? Oh, okay, that would make sense because it's kind of like camping. Kind, and then he's out of the house, out of house, yes. out of mind. Yeah, and Eric blames them because uh, they had to turn the nurse or the his room into a nursery, and he's trying to convince Morgan to stay in her room. And I'm like, absolutely not. No, no, you're out of here. You are not invited to stay yeah. in the room. You, he does have to find his own living arrangements. He is an adult. It is time. No. Um, then again, I, I was like, 28 living at home. So what am I saying? Well, they had room for you, though. Like, they're all out of beds here, you know? And not for nothing, they have, like, a however old Morgan is and, like, a newborn to take care of. They don't need to be worrying about, you know, 20-whatever Eric in their house as well. Right. And he just needs to suck it up and move back in with Rachel and Jack, honestly. Um, Then we're back in the dorms uh, where Sean is trying to convince Corey to go take a nap. Um, and he's like, no, I need to go paint a house instead. I like, I feel like Corey, you could just chill. Like you don't need to, you know, you just don't, if you don't no, want to sleep, that's if fine. he chills, then he's going to fall asleep. I suppose. Um, when they open the door though, <laughs> Eric, he's just sitting there and there's a poster of him behind him. That's a good looking that- poster. I loved it. It is so 90s. It hurts because he's wearing a black ribbed like turtleneck and he has of course his normal like uh hair like the mid like the middle part like swoopy hair. Yeah. And he has just this like this like his hand is or his head is resting in his hands but he has like one finger up like he's really thinking about something. <laughs> I like it a lot. I think that's a good poster. To be honest with you, I would have I would have that poster in my room. You would have a poster of Eric in your room, or a poster of yourself doing this in your room. <laughs> I was saying Eric, but this is a total lie. This is exactly what. First of all, this is your wardrobe. This is your uniform. Is the black turtleneck? That's true. So it does work, and you know what? Eric's hair looks very soft, so I feel like there's a connection here. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I am just trying to look like Eric. We've seen Eric wear a turtleneck so many times. Yeah. It's his dress up wardrobe. Um, But he says, you know what? I decided to live with you guys. You know, it's going to be so great. All the three of us together. And uh, and yeah, he gets like kicked out um, immediately. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they just roll him out of the room. I, the door. Well, I think it's something that he had, they, they just have to kick him out. Yeah. But then he tries to room with Topanga. 
This is too much. This is too far. You are not allowed to live with Topanga. Right? Um, no. And I, I just think um, terrible idea to surprise someone in their bed. It's yeah. also, isn't it like a twin bed? Twin XL. Is it? Oh, my God. And he so he goes like, hi, roomie. And she just flops out of bed. And so his next decision is, OK, and tell me how this makes sense. He goes to the student lounge and sleeps there on the pool table covered in newspapers instead of sleeping on the couch in the student. <laughs> I, he looked comfortable. I think that he was trying to go for like a tent aesthetic or, you know, you podcast about community remember when they used to the, do the blanket force it's a newspaper they did, but it just fort. there's no blankets and no pillows he has a luggage that he's like putting his head on and he's covering himself in newspaper it doesn't seem very comfortable I, but, you know, I, 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 I mean i think that to eric a lot of things are comfortable that doesn't make sense that's kind of eric's <laughs> vibe and rachel and jack walk in and rachel thinks it's just some homeless guy and i suppose it is um, and so they're like, come on, this is all ridiculous. You have to move back in with us. Please, please, please. We haven't rented your room out yet. Um, and they're like, we've been hoping you'd be, you'd come back. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's like Eric hears Rachel call Jack Hun. And I think he's just still very much like, I can't do I think this. that Eric was considering coming back to the apartment. And then I thought that. Like, he said, is this what it's going to be now? Like, you guys are going to be all, like, schmoopy together. And I think that was too painful for Eric to do. I think, but it almost worked. If they didn't say hun, then he would have moved back to the apartment. Yeah, I think it was, like, kind of like a last straw type of thing where it was like, oh, this is too much. It reminds me of why I can't live with you both. Yeah, do you think um, that he should have gotten over it by now or do you think this is the appropriate amount of uh you know hardship i mean do we how okay we always talk about on dawson's creek like in creek weeks how many weeks has it been on boy meets world at this point do we think since they started dating mm, i'm gonna say maybe a month i feel like he should get over it by then it'd be different if him and rachel had dated but they didn't even date that's like, true so she chose your friend over you like get over it you still can all be friends together yeah and they're waiting for him to come home they didn't give up their room i feel like that's a huge sign like the fact that they left that room open for him they're really, losing really money at this point exactly and i mean it seems like they both still have their own rooms too so it's just like why is it that eric can't just move back in and see how it goes or at least crash there you know just because you live someplace doesn't mean you need to be there all the time you get to live there. You and just, just have to sleep, sleep there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he says, no, 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 no. I'm going to hold on to a bit of my dignity. I'm going to stand on my own two feet. And this guy over overhears them. And he's just like, hey, I'm looking for a roommate. I have an apartment. I'm, I need someone to share it with. Um, and Eric is just like, yes. And this guy is going to turn out to be a real big creeper. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems very promising at first. Very much does. Yeah. Um, and then we are supposedly in Feeney's class. And you know what was funny is I was about to roast this class so hard for teaching Hamlet in college. I was about to be like, we done did this a, a million times. This is yeah, we have gone over so many Shakespeare. 
with yeah. Feeny. And the fact that, but it makes sense that the only thing that Corey remembers in his dream conscious is that Feeny teaches um, Shakespeare because yeah. he remembers as a kid that that's what Feeny taught. So it kind of makes sense that when he's envisioning what Feeny's class is like, that's the only thing that he gets out of it or the only thing that he remembers is, oh, yeah, of course I'd be learning Shakespeare in Feeny's class. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It does feel appropriate for what Corey would be thinking that Feeney would be teaching like what his subconscious would be telling exactly yeah yeah and so uh, the bell rings and everyone goes to to leave class and um and so Corey approaches Mr. Feeney and he says I've been having dreams about killing someone very close to me uh and Feeney knows Feeney knows it's Sean Feeney knows all um he does uh, and, and Corey's like, it's killing me. I can't sleep. But Feeney says, this is super normal. Don't worry about it. It's a very common theme in dreams. Um, and Corey starts talking about his dream about how he pushes Sean down the elevator shaft. But Feeney already knows. How does Feeney know? He says, I love how Dream Feeney is like a therapist where he's like, the elevator shaft represents the ups and downs of your friendship with Mr. Corey should have known that this was not actual Feeney because this Feeney had so much time for Corey's shenanigans instead of just being like, get out of here, you know. Yeah, he was willing to entertain this for far too long to be the real Feeney. Yeah. Um, And so he says, like, yeah. Uh, Mr. Hunter and his search for peace and harmony causes you pain by putting an incredible amount of pressure on you to help him in his search. And so um, Corey's like, well, then Feeney, help me. How do I stop these dreams? And he says, you have to forgive him. He hurt you and now you're hurting him back. If you forgive him, the dreams will stop. What did you think this meant by forgiveness? What does Corey have to forgive Sean for? That is... Where I really, truly have no idea what this show, like what this episode, (laughs) we used to talk a lot. Early days of Boy Meets World were always about what is the moral of the story? What is the show teaching us this week? This shit, I was like, what the fuck is this thing talking about? Like, I don't understand what Sean, what Corey is supposed to forgive Sean for. What the hell did Sean do? Sean left to, for him for a few weeks to go on the road, maybe? Maybe it was like, um, as like a child, they, there was a lot of times where Sean put Corey in a bad position. Maybe that's what it was. I guess, but it feels like they've gone through so much that, like, why would he be holding on to that resentment for that Well, maybe it's affected him negatively. We don't know. Yeah, it's just very strange. Also, I will point out that I think this is really funny. In the background, um, on the chalkboard, maybe this should have been an indicator to us that this was a dream, that it says, like, reading Shakespeare's language, wordplay, implied stage acting. And then the last bullet point is just says, sentences (laughs) sentences what a good note on Shakespeare sentences that's the worst thing about dreams is that you can never read like reading in dreams is impossible driving in dreams is impossible right or have do you not experience this I can never um I find that I often can't see in my dreams exactly exactly yeah yeah um and so uh Corey is just like oh thank you thank you like thank you so much for the advice um and uh and so yeah so I think it's right isn't it 
I'm trying to remember. Is it Sean that gives Corey a, a birthday present? Yes. And it's like, oh, you have to you have to open the present first. And he gets and this is so weird. Like, I feel like at this point, if we didn't already know it was a dream, we did now because he just randomly walks in with a present and it's a personalized baseball bat. Yeah, it's a wooden baseball bat that says Corey. And he gave this gift to Corey because he never gave Corey's birthday gift last year. And this would make sense for season one, Corey, who is obsessed with baseball. Well, that's why, once again, it's kind of like it makes sense because Corey is compartmentalizing um, his like childhood inner self. And he's because like I loved baseball when I was a kid and I got taught Shakespeare by Feeney. And this is like all the things I did when I was a kid. So it makes sense that he's dreaming about this. Do you think that a personalized baseball bat is a good gift? I think if someone likes baseball, yes. <laughs> sure. I But I think the problem is like, okay, maybe this is a dumb question. Do you use the personalized baseball bat or do probably you just like not. hang it up in like a man cave? You probably hang it up because especially is wooden baseball bats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. decor. Ba- personalized, ba- I mean, wooden baseball bats, they, they crack. They break. Yeah, I've seen people break them in half. Yeah, so. When they play baseball, it's wild. Um... But yeah, so Corey, like we zoom in on Corey's face, like super, like just menacing. And then he just holds the baseball bat up to to Sean. And then we we hear him. He's sleeping in class and he's holding like a like a rolled up magazine and he's smashing on the desk. He's going, die, Sean, die. (laughs) And (laughs) Sean's face behind Corey as he does this is just like, what the? is happening he looks so taken aback everyone else is like what the fuck and poor Feeney too is like what is going on also I just realized that Sean is reading Hamlet in this scene so yeah so what the actual fuck they actually are they actually are again again. maybe it's a Shakespeare class I don't know maybe Feeney was just like you know what I gotta give them some way to pass my class and I know I already taught them this once and so maybe they'll retain some of it and pass my class now I don't think I've read Shakespeare since junior year of high school uh I I did a class in college but that was specifically for Shakespeare it wasn't just a random maybe this is a Shakespeare class maybe um, but Corey just says, no, I lied about the puppet dream. These dreams are all so awful. I kill you in every single one. Um, so, okay. Of all these, which one is the hardest or the, or excuse me, which one is the worst? We have thumbtack soup, mm-hmm. pouring a hot lava down Sean's pants, pulling his heart out with salad tongs, setting fire to his tie, shredding him over pasta with a cheese Ooh. grater. Dressing him up like a rooster and entering him into a cockfight. <laughs> I feel like you like that I feel one. Like maybe the cheese grater. That one one's pretty bad because it's go. like you know your skin's getting shredded. I also uh-huh. don't like the thumbtack soup. Thumbtack soup does sound particularly awful. These are all very creative and hilarious and awful. So props to the writing like team who wrote those. Up. Corey has a very really vivid bad. imagination. Yeah. Um, and of course, Sean's question is, well, how did I do in the cock fight? And apparently he won. Well, then it's a win for all. Good for him. Yeah. 
Um, but Corey says, I think I found a way to fix it because in my last dream, Feeny was there and he told me that I just have to stop the dreams. I have to forgive you. And Sean is just like, forgive me for what? And he's like, well, that's not important. I just, I forgive you. You're forgiven. No, okay? no, no. It is, it is important. You have to understand why you're either forgiving somebody or apologizing. That's very important in the apology process. And I don't understand like why... I don't know. I still don't quite get what is going on and like what Corey is supposedly what his subconscious is angry at Sean about. It would make sense if this was coming after a significant episode where, you know, Sean does something bad. Is it like I mean, this is coming right after the episode where Sean and Angela are about to have sex, like like casual sex. Mm -hmm. Is that what like Corey is upset about? Uh, no, I mean, apparently, according to the show, Corey is upset that he is going to lose everybody that's important to him if if and when he marries Topanga, that everybody in his life is going to leave him in one way or another. And that is apparently what he's afraid of from these dreams. That's what the show taught me as to what Corey's problem was. Regardless, he's going to get a good night's sleep and he's going to have his normal dream where he wins the Miss Costa Rica pageant. <laughs> and he wishes peace for all the little Nino. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a dumb dream. Um, but before we can see what kind of dreams Corey's going to have and where Eric's going to live, let's go to a quick ad break and we will be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Okay, we're back. Um, uh, uh, Eric gets to the new apartment and he's just like, whoa, this, pla- this place is very nice. It is. Like, it's it's, it's really large. Nice it's well decorated. He has like beach ball decor, like there are fresh flowers. There's a lot of stuff going down. And now I know that's his like mom's apartment. It makes a lot of sense why it's so yes. decorated well, but I feel like you should immediately be sus when um the your roommate is just like eh, pay whatever you can afford like i just get lonely yeah is that is that what is the most suspicious part is like oh well okay so it's the the sitting in the certain chairs that's creepy that's weird but yeah it, it, it there's a lot of red flags i think that oh, yeah, if you're like first, a single guy first... and it's perfectly yeah, decorated like that then i do think that that could be a red flag Especially at this guy's age, like I imagine he's also a college student, so that's a little strange. Yeah, yeah he also saying, looks like, fifty, but whatever. And him also saying, "I just can't keep, seem to keep a roommate." 
red flag. Yep, very that's a red. red that's a red flag. And so Eric assumes, oh, you have bad neighbors. But then comes Sheila. Sheila signed for a package for this guy, and uh, she lives next door. Sheila and is a is a green flag. Sheila doesn't seem to have any issues with Eric's new roommate. Like she doesn't seem to think he's weird. No, no, Sheila. Sheila. She signed for a package it. for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Eric's like super excited. Uh, he's like, uh, and he does the, he does the, um, what does he do? He does the Austin Powers, like, oh, behave. like he does that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like when it's we like, oh used to reference Beavis and Butthead and South Park and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And he's just like, he doesn't understand. He's like, how the hell is, do you have any trouble keeping a roommate in here? This is amazing. Like he's so jazzed about it. Um, and so, uh. Corey wakes up screaming yet again. Uh, and apparently in this dream, uh, Sean had an umbrella. He let Corey hold it. Corey shoved it down his throat and then opened it. He Mary Poppins. <laughs> wow. I love how they made it into a verb. Me too. That needs to be talked about. Mary more. Poppins. I'd be, I'd be shocked if that hasn't happened in a horror movie at some point. It's pretty sick. That one's pretty it's sick. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so Corey's so upset, uh, and he, he leaves and Sean is just like, where are you going? And Corey ends up like, I don't even know, overnight in the classroom. Like, does he sit here all night? Probably. He probably does. Or he, or maybe he woke up at like four o'clock and then he took a stroll around campus and then wound up in school super early. Yeah, so he blames Feeney. He says, you were, you gave me bad advice. You were in my dream, and the advice you gave me sucked. And I love Feeney. He's just like, I am not responsible for dreaming. <laughs> He's like, that is a making of your creation. Yeah, if, somebody, if you have a problem with somebody in a dream, you can't blame dream blank, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've all had those times, though, where like you have a dream where someone like did something awful and then you wake up and you blame them instantly yeah. and you're like mad at them and you're like, I'm mad at you, but I don't know. Why. Yeah. Like dream Jessica sucks. She's so mean. Yeah. Stuff like yeah. that. Um, And so Corey explains everything to Feeney. He says, like, I keep dreaming. I'm killing Sean. Why would I dream this? Um, and uh, Feeney says you can't take dreams literally. They can be interpreted in so many ways. Um, and he says, Freud says dreams come from the unconscious repressed thoughts that have to be confronted. Uh, but in the dream state, they're not quite clear. Uh, and he's like, you're dreaming it for a reason. Why do you wake up screaming every time? Uh, and he's like, when, when does that happen? And he's like, after you kill Sean, he's like, well, I've never actually seen him die. Like I've did, I've done terrible things, but I've never actually like watched him die. Then that's uh, a win. Like, then you're not killing him. Yeah, and he's like, well, maybe you have to finish the dream. And it's just like, how the hell is Corey supposed to do that? Like, it's just wild to me that you that he can, like, be like, I'm just going to keep sleeping. There's some people out there that, you know, have control over their dreams. Not me, but it's a whole. Lucky people. It's a whole practice. Wow. Maybe I need to get into that. I think you should. Take it back. <laughs> yeah. Take back the power. Take back the power. Um. So, uh, so yeah, so Eric comes out of his new bedroom and he's just like, holy crap, that great flat place is great. Meanwhile, his roommate is sitting in one of two like leather recliner type things. The other one does have like this crocheted 
like looking yes yeah do you know that it became like a fashion statement recently like people were wearing them as like crop tops and like tote bags that pattern that crochet pattern that's horrifying to know yeah it, it became really popular in the last year I'm not gonna do that. Well, that's old lady. That's old lady chic. No, thank you. Yeah, it's called cottage core. Okay, all right, all right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Cottage core is fine. All right, but we don't need to dress like we're eighty. Okay, like <laughs> I'm just saying. I just don't want a knitted, crocheted fabric yeah. on my body. Yeah, like I that. understand. I understand. It's too much. Yeah. So um, he can't sit in that chair because it was his mother's. So then Eric. Yeah, she's dead tastes this well and goes to a different seat but apparently that's his like uncle's chair and the reason or the way that he told Eric this is that he uses his like cell phone and calls the home phone and then says hey can you get that and then Eric answers the phone and says oh that's my uncle's chair yeah that's where my he not only that he says that's where my uncle Dave died oh yeah died yeah he died there Oh, God. Yeah, this guy is definitely murdering all of his family members. And, okay, I will say the way he's, like, rocking back and forth is pretty menacing as well. Well, he was acting fine up until this scene. He was... So what happened? Like, did he have, like, a little moment and he started, I don't know, freaking out a little bit? I don't know. He was acting like a, a normal roommate up until now. Yeah, I don't know. It was very creepy. Well, and then the cuckoo clock goes off. Oh, yeah. And I will say, I hate cuckoo clocks. Oh, really? I just don't understand. I don't need a clock that, like, reminds me what time it is. We live in the age that our cell phones are no more than an arm's length away. I don't need a clock that's like, bring, 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 it's 3 p.m. Like, I know. I am aware of what time it is. Yeah. Well, those little birds in the cuckoo clock work really hard. I mean, I'm just saying it's too much. But apparently it's time to feed the bird. Yes. And Eric is very, very excited. It's very cute that he is really excited about the bird. Yeah. Where's the pretty bird? Let me see the pretty bird. Yeah. So he comes out with a giant taxidermy parrot. Uh, Her name is Nellie and I've had her since I was two. She's the best bird ever. And my favorite is when he goes, she normally doesn't like people, but look at her. She loves people. And Eric's face is so funny here. I follow a bird on TikTok and it's like the best bird ever. It's so cute. Its name is Tiki. No, its name is Kiwi. I always get confused. Is Tiki a different animal that you Yeah, it's a different. It's like the same type of bird. And it looks exactly the same, but it's two different ones. And this in Kiwi says so many interesting things like, uh, what are you doing? And then he goes, you be good, baby. And Drew and I, all we do all day is, like, repeat what Kiwi says. You be good, baby. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, and I do love, I just love Eric's going, Polly, want an autopsy? <laughs> yeah, that was a funny a line. Very part. witty. Yeah. And it's just sick and wrong. It is sick and uh, wrong. And he's about to leave, but guess who comes through the door? Oh, gosh. It's what's her Sheila. face? Sheila. Sheila, Sheila is back. Um, yeah, it's just like this. His roommate's just like, you're just like everybody else. Nobody cares about me. Nobody wants me forever alone. He's just so upset. 
uh, and he says he was kicked up by his, um, and he's like, no, 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 I know how you feel. Like, I was kicked up by my family, betrayed by my closest friends. I have nowhere to go, nowhere to live. Uh, and he's like, oh, so you'll stay? And Eric's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. Um, but in comes Sheila in just a towel, and apparently she locked herself out again. after taking a shower. Again. What the, who, what, how is my question? At least this time I remembered my towel. What were you doing standing in the hallway nude I think, last time you locked yourself out? You know what I think it is? I think it's communal bathrooms. Oh, like, but this isn't a dorm. I, I know, but some apartment. some apartment buildings do have communal bathrooms. I don't know. That was my guess. That's huh. the only thing that makes sense. Why else would she? How else would she get locked out of her bathroom? I don't know. None of this makes no, sense. No, I guess none of it does make sense. Um, this Sheila girl was in When in Rome. The Mary Kay and Ashley movie. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yes. Now that you say that, I do recognize her. Um, So we're back to Dream Corey. And he, we're in the same exact scene that we saw very first thing where he shoves Sean down the elevator shaft. And he, he even goes so far as to, like, pry his fingers off of the rope. Everybody else comes out of the apartment and he trips Jack. Jack falls in. Then Rachel goes running after. And Corey is just like so casual about this, shoves her in. And then Eric's like looking down and jumps in. After of course. Her. Yeah. He would sacrifice himself for Rachel. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Angela walks over in these like super cute, like green silk pants. I have to say, I thought those were. Kind yeah. Of Angela cute. looked really cute. I wish that she wasn't hanging out with this creepy dream Corey. Yeah. And, and Corey does like a booty bump and like bumps her in. <laughs> Um, and then, and then, Miss Thing, guess who? Topanga. It is Linda Cardellini. Oh, baby. yeah, Lindy, Linda Cardellini. I forgot about this part. Yeah, so she's wearing her cute little ski bunny outfit. She has on one of those, I don't know what those are called, the little like headband muff puff things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he's like, What are you doing here? I'm over you. You shouldn't be here. And she says, I'm not Lauren. I'm everything you're giving up. The girls you'll never get to meet. The places you'll never get to go. The life you'll never have. Uh, And she goes, bye, Corey. And it's just like, okay, so apparently Linda Cardellini represents all the choices Corey isn't making or all the opportunities he's missing out on by marrying. Correct. That's apparently what she is here to do. Um, And she just like. Honestly, if I was Linda Cardellini, I'd be kind of terrified to do this stunt. She just falls straight up backwards into this elevator shaft. Yeah, the thing is, is that I suppose there's just like a cushion underneath, but it seems like a very narrow opening. So I'd be afraid that was going to bump my head, but she did it. Maybe I don't even think it was a stunt moment. No, because it lo- it was her. F- it was fa- like straight up her face. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Linda Cardellini does her own stunts. Yeah, stunt woman. Um, then Topanga comes out and she is in a wedding dress. Um, it is strapless, is very poofy, it has a headband veil. What do we think of this? I just want to like stop down to talk about this dress real quick. Um, gosh, is it that much different from her actual wedding dress? See, I don't remember her actual wedding dress. I think my biggest gripe with it 
is I really hate the veil. I really hate that headband. Yeah, veil. okay. It just looks so strange. I agree with that. I do like the off the shoulder moment. I like the fact that um, she has lace. I like the tool mm-hmm. on the bottom. Um, How do you feel about the, I forget what these types of bouquets are called where they like, like water. Yeah, they water. Down. I like it too. I, I mean, I like it. I think I agree with you. I think that the thing that ruins it is the veil. Because she's wearing pearls, which is classic. You know, I think you're right. I think the problem is it's because once you get above, like, the neck, I'm just like, ugh, I hate it. But everything below that is fine. Exactly. So I think it's yeah. – but, I mean, I don't mind pearls. I The earrings are fine. I guess it's just the veil. The veil is bad. Yeah. It's very bad. But she says, where is everybody? And he says, I killed them for us. And she says, I miss them. And he says, I miss them too. And then we have – Real Topanga waking up Corey. Um, and she's like, you've been sleeping all night. Well, uh, yeah, that's what like, you oh. do, Topanga. You sleep all night. And then you wake up in the morning and like, <laughs> get out of here. And he says, I dreamed about you. And she's like, oh, good. You're OK now. And he says, I'm fine. Uh, and so she leaves like very suddenly like, OK, good. Great. All right, great. I have to go to class. Bye. Yep. Got to go. Um, and uh, Sean just knows. He knows immediately. He's like, you're not okay, are you? And Corey says, do you think I'm rushing into marriage? And Sean says, you've been rushing into marriage since you were two years old. This show just loves the revisionist. It's fine. It's fine. We've accepted it. Ugh, have we? Um, and he says, nothing's going to change between you and me, is it? Uh, and he asks, is that what you've been dreaming about? And he's like, I'm just afraid that after I get married, everything's going to change. Sean says, well, it has to. Uh, and Corey says, I don't want it to. Mm. And all of this to me is just like, yeah, bro, you're too young. Like, yeah, you are. I don't know how else to say it. Like, I mean, yeah, people can get married young. People can do whatever they want. But like, if you're having this big a doubts and why rush? Why Why are you rushing? What is the point in rushing? Because they want know? to have sex. Have sex then. I don't know why they don't seem very you know, Christian, but I think that that's what's stopping them. I just, from waiting, I that guess, is. I just, if that's the reason, it's just like, gosh, test drive the car before you buy it. You know, like, you know, that Corey's seems... only going to last 10 seconds on the wedding night. Like, why are we, <laughs> why are we waiting? I know. I know. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's what it. That's what the kids do. You know, that's what all of Utah does. They all get married at like 20, 21, if that, if not younger. And then they Ugh. and then. Oh, my God. Wait, have yeah. you heard of the whole Utah um, like uh, what is it? It's like all the Utah Mormon families are all swingers. Have you heard this? No. What is this? Okay, so you know, like, the Mormon families that, like, are all in Utah, and they're, like, all blonde and perfect. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big There's, like, a huge swinger culture in Utah that's on, like, the DL, but also on, like, the high L. We all know about it now? Yeah, we all know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, maybe that's what they should do then. Do you think that they should become they should swingers? Be swingers? Yeah, <laughs> the the pineapples, right, Jessica? Yes, apparently pineapples mean swingers. Who knew? Not me. Everybody did. 
Um, so then we go back to Eric, who's playing with Nellie, the bird. He's like, good bird, good bird. And he, like, shoves a cracker onto her, like, beak. And he's like, roll over, sit, whoop, play dead. <laughs> uh, and, and then Adam calls Eric, and he's just like, I think it's just great how you and Nellie have been getting along so well. Yeah, yeah, they are <laughs> really bonding. And Eric has fully, like, you know, he's accepted this. Like, this is yes. his new uh, lifestyle. It's okay. But then, of course, this creepy roommate had to take it one step too far again. Yeah, he's like, oh, hey, do you want to meet my mom? And so he goes into his room, which, by the way, we for- we forgot to mention, and I do want to say this was also a major red flag to me, that he had a separate key to get into his Ooh, room. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. That was so weird to me. It was too weird. Um, and he, so he goes into the room. He's like, oh, do you, I want you to meet my roommate. And we hear Adam, but with, like, an old woman's voice, like, is he a good boy? Oh, my <laughs> God. It was disturbing. It was. Uh, and he's like, he's a very good boy. I'm glad because your last roommate was a very, very bad boy. Yeah, it's he's very like, psycho vibes. That's him for you, Mom. Ooh. And then you hear like him say, like, what? You don't say hello to your grandpa? <laughs> oh, yeah. like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> yeah, he I, like I especially love I do think Will Friedle is like pretty good at the, the physical comedy where he like falls out of the chair backwards mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like running out with his luggage like a no thing have you ever seen psycho um is that the one with christian bale <laughs> no that's american psycho isn't it yeah oh well i've seen american psycho. oh okay that's something i haven't seen psycho yeah well this whole thing was like kind of an homage to psycho oh of course it was of course it was that makes sense um, but that is our episode, and I gotta say, cracked out. Like, it's it's truly they've lost their minds. I really think they were talking about the writers' room when they said the psychotic episode. They're just like, we're done. That's it. We have no more ideas. Um, we're gonna. I would. I wouldn't have minded the Corey is having doubts about uh, the marriage and everything. If it was done in a more overt way, yeah, I think camouflaging it behind weird dreams about killing Sean up until the last five minutes of the show was really just so confusing and made no sense because they're not having a falling out. They're not arguing. They're not fighting. Why is he having these dreams? It took them too long to get to the the reasoning mm-hmm. behind it. And even then, I still don't think it makes a ton of sense. Is this a bottom tier episode for you? Um... Definitely. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's like my least favorite episode of the show because I really like the Eric stuff. I do think it's actually pretty funny, but I would say it's definitely bottom tier for me in terms of the season. Yeah. yeah. I just think it adds nothing like, OK, Eric still doesn't have anywhere to go. It's a very funny bit, but that's the B storyline and the B storyline should not be like better than the A. Storyline. I yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that. I think that what that they knew that and then there was Sean was their best episode, arguably. Right. And I think that they were trying to capture that too again. 
oh my god you're so smart yes it does feel like they're trying to capture that that spooky energy that horror yeah energy. and i it just doesn't work as well it's not as I think you need to commit to it though i think if yeah. you're gonna do this you have to do the whole episode like it not just these random dreams right yeah so i think that that's probably what they're hoping for and aiming for and mm-hmm. they had a lot of fun making that episode we know that but it just didn't work out the same no, I don't think it's a very good episode. I hate to say it because it's the penultimate and you feel like even though this is a sitcom and maybe the penultimate isn't as like important revered or as important, but it just feels kind of like a dud. Honestly, it felt like the whole time I was watching it. I was like, what am I watching right now? Like, what is the purpose of this? Well, episode? I, don't, I still because don't know. We, like that was kind of the premise of our podcast name was like, okay, what shit is the 90s shows teaching us today? Like, what is the moral of the story? Nothing. And the moral of the story, this one is like, there is no moral of the story. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like Corey's having doubts. Big whoop. A lot of people have doubts before they get married, especially if they're as young as Corey and Topanga are. And especially if they haven't really like, I don't know, been as intimate as a lot of people are before they get married. No judgment. Like if you don't want to have sex before you get married, don't do it. But it just feels like very off this whole episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, so does Winston. Winston also agrees. Um, next week, we are covering the finale of season six. Oh, my gosh. State of the Unions. I do not remember this episode, so I'm excited to go back and watch it. Do you remember this episode just by the title? Nope. Great. I don't. Cannot wait. I imagine we're going to get more. We're going to dive deeper into Corey having doubts about the wedding. I can't imagine that's not going to be a central story. Really? I think it's a Feeney-centric episode. Ooh. Is this like a, are you, do you think that? Or are you just like I, guessing out of fun? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure it is. That's fun. Ooh, we love a Feeney episode. We haven't gotten one of those in a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess if you want to count Feeney and the Dean getting together, maybe that. <laughs> With the bumblebee. But they don't. But they don't feel as serious as they once did, like the like the Sean in the cabin in the winter episode with Feeney. That felt like that was the best. And we'll never get that again. We'll never get it again. The show is not taking itself as seriously. anymore. Definitely not. That's just something we got to like we got to wrap our heads around it. You know, I yeah. Um, Yeah. um, But yeah, that's that's our episode. And we're going to be back next week with the finale of season six. Um, until then, Sarah, where could people find us? What are we up to? What are you up to? All those shenanigans. Yeah, weekly Boy Meets World and Dawson's Creek coverage. We're um, getting towards the end of season four of Dawson's Creek. Uh, we also are going to have our friend Adam on to discuss the best decom uh, movie ever, Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. So keep your eyes peeled for that. For bonus content, you can find us at Shit90sPod on Twitter and Instagram, Shit90sPod.com. And then over at PSR, Jessica and I are covering Pretty Little Liars Original Sin and having a very good time doing that. And I am covering um, the new Amazon Prime series, A League of Their Own, with Grace and Marissa. And you can find that at Post Recaps. Yes, you can. And you can also hear me at Post Show Recaps covering Paper Girls as well as Community on Community Building. A lot of fun stuff happening over there. Certainly go check it out. You could find me at the Just Sterling. And we will be back in just one week with the finale of Season 6. Until then, have a good one, everybody. Bye. Just ask. Shit 90 shows taught me.